Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hello and welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Ken Woodward. Uh, Ken is going to speak to us about a topic that's incredibly near and dear to me around uh, safety participation, worker involvement. Uh, so Ken Woodward is an officer of the Order of the British Empire, OBE, Onfell of IOSH, as well as the Safety Council of Australia. He's worked for 32 years in workplace safety in 89 countries uh, following a workplace incident uh, that took place. So Ken, welcome, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you with me today. I'm looking forward to it, Eric. So maybe let's start a little bit about your incident. I, I want to get into a lot of the work you've done around worker involvement because that's phenomenal. It's exciting. But let's start a little bit about your story and the incident that took place uh, that really got you involved in safety to this to this level. OK, um, it was November 1990. Um, it was a, a chemical explosion caustic and hypo, and um, it took, I had both eyes removed, I have no sense of smell or taste. Mm. Unfortunately, um, the burns uh, recovered, and my life was saved by a work colleague, and at the time I was working for a leading soft drinks company. And, and I also, in I also investigated the loss of my eyes, how it happened, why it happened, what we didn't do, what failed, all the lists of whys, whys, whys. Mm -hmm. But I took it to the workplace mm -hmm. uh, for a very good reason. So one of the things when we first connected that you talked about was that everyone could have prevented this. Tell me a little bit more about and of the whys you went through and, and of that, that observation around everyone could have prevented what happened? Well, in that investigation, I realized that um, it, it was a, a, a process that I'd never attempted before. So I found the most experienced person to train me to show me how to do it. Now, this mm -hmm. guy had 58 years experience, but it was inadequate training. We didn't mm. validate the training. We didn't validate the competency of the trainers. Okay. We didn't read the risk assessments, the standard operating procedures. We didn't do any of that because it's a very simple task. Mm -hmm. It takes three minutes and it happens thousands of times every year. Mm. So we didn't do that. But there okay. was a previous incident two weeks earlier. So oh, we wow. do the same, same task in the same place. It was exothermic reaction and it burnt his face and he had to go to hospital. Two weeks prior. Wow. Yeah, two weeks prior. That 
was reported immediately and investigated by the frontline manager. Mm -hmm. His conclusion was operator error. He must have been. So we have a breakdown of communication and listening. We didn't communicate with anybody. Hmm. Eight weeks before that, um, there was a heating up of hot pipes. Hmm. There was lots and lots of circumstances where compliance to systems, procedures and processes would have highlighted it all if we'd have adhered to it. Sure. But we didn't. We're very busy people. (laughs) Lots of pressure to get the job done. Normal, everyday occurrences throughout the world. It is no different. Yeah, very common. It's how we manage those that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So there was lots of circumstances. Five different departments, a couple of managers. I just picked five different departments, all of them really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a lot of finger pointing afterwards there's a fatal mistake because there's not just one driver to these incidences mm-hmm. there's a build up of course and that build up may take an hour it may take a year but the flags are waving and we had nothing in place mm-hmm. we had no communication of the importance of flagging these up in place. Hmm. And this is in 1990. And in that year, if I shared the stats with you, they would frighten you. But nobody knew them. Nobody? Nobody. I only found out afterwards. It wasn't discussed? It wasn't reviewed? No. Nothing. Hmm. If we got to hear about anything, it happened on our side. And you would never find out how it happened. Wow. So in that sense, and yet, when you look at it, mm-hmm. our targets are zero. Sure. No damage to people, equipment, vehicles, property, product, environmental, finance. Mm-hmm. Every single employee around the world manages all of those to a lesser or greater degree. So it's in our own interest for everybody to work together equally mm-hmm. to target that zero. Right. But do we know how well that zero is doing? Probably not. Hmm. And we most certainly don't make sure it's happening. Sure. So it's all of those elements I picked up and I also had to go to a rehabilitation centre for a year mm-hmm. where I learned the art of communication and listening, more importantly, working together equally as a mm-hmm. team. Right. And compliance. That's just for me to be a blind person to go out into a sighted world. Mm-hmm. Those four major factors, I can never drop the standards as I will get hurt. Right. Or it will become very inefficient. Mm-hmm. So my life is based on those four standards, and I took those four standards into the workplace. Okay. Now, the best way I can explain this, in 1990, we had 89 reportable injuries to the government and one fatality. Ten years later, mm-hmm. I spoke 
to thousands of people that I work with within the organization, six major sites. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? Solutions to put it right. How are we going to achieve it? Mm -hmm. And what support do you require from your management team to, do to reach those objectives? Yeah. Ten years it took to get to no reportable injuries to the HSE. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. We had 13 lost time injuries. The most was two days. Hmm. That's for thousands of people. Right. We produced more mm -hmm. and we made the most profit we've ever made. So tell me a little bit about that approach to worker involvement, because I think that's a key component in terms of how how you get the workforce involved in safety. Tell me a little bit more about tactically how you went about it. Okay, we pulled together the executive board, the vice presidents, and we fed to them the facts. Okay. Um, we showed them where we think we could get to. Mm -hmm. So how you can measure us if you want to make it a KPI, mm -hmm. that's fine. Don't have a problem with it. But do we have the right management system in place? Mm -hmm. Did our international safety rating system work? Mm -hmm. So we pointed out that you may have thought we were doing a brilliant job. But we put all the facts on the table and then we showed them how we can start to improve it. Mm -hmm. uh, which, and we did say it would take a long time and mm -hmm. we need the full support of the Vice President of Manufacturing and Distribution. Okay. And we want that support to be personal and on-site. Okay. So we created a workshop mm -hmm. with the vice presidents. We wanted them to come up with how they're going to do it. How okay. they're going to support us at nil cost. Mm -hmm. We will also have nil cost to reach those improvements. Mm -hmm. We don't need money off you. Because the people that can do it are the workforce. They know what's sure. wrong. They know the solutions to put it right. They know how to do it. Mm -hmm. But we need your support to achieve it. And it's got to be personal. So I don't want you to pick up a KPI, go out and check it, or do an audit, go out and check it. I don't want any of that. Mm -hmm. Just want you to go along and say, how's it going? How's sure. this working? How's that working? Keep it calm and quiet. We also put an observation process in place mm -hmm. so that we can observe compliance. Sure. Now that's quite difficult to put into any company uh, because they, it, a lot of our employees thought it's big brother. Sure, absolutely. We're being watched. Yep. We're going to get in trouble. So we had to make sure that we gave an overview to every single employee in this country on why we're doing it and what to expect. And if you don't get any of that, here's the number, phone me. Mm -hmm. And I will work with you to put that right. Sure. 
So we gave them the support. Okay. And then after a period of time, um, that started to die away. Mm -hmm. right? In fact, it didn't die away. It started to develop. Okay. Because we then put it into um, an, a lovely way of explaining it. Um, if you were to go to anybody on a shop floor and mm -hmm. say, your son and daughter is going to do your job tomorrow, what would you warn them about? Right. Yep. Open up the gold dust. Mm -hmm. Let's hear it. Now, how would you prevent that? We're now starting to move to the next level. Right. Of uh, continuous improvement. Sure. So then it became everybody's job to do that, including the vice president's. Mm -hmm. They could do it anywhere they wanted to. We looked at our audit system uh, and we looked at, uh, we asked people, you have a, a, audits for housekeeping? They said, yes. Who does them? The management. How often? Well, they didn't know the answer to that half the time. Sure. Do you ever get feedback from that? Never. Okay. If you have a VIP visit, do the standards of housekeeping go up? Well, we're going to know the answer. Because, of course, they do. We cleaned everything. So it just proved to our senior team that, OK, that's just one audit, one KPI, whatever you want to call it, that we know the answers because it keeps highlighting them every sure. week. We, we do them, which takes 157 managers that do it, mm -hmm. an hour or two to do it. We're wasting time we know the answers already mm -hmm. how do we develop that and we develop self-managing teams so okay. the areas that they work in they managed they also then continuously improved on that where they would manage compliance mm -hmm. doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if we had the queen to visit <laughs> she had to wear the hairnet the hard hat if she had to, the gloves, mm -hmm. and the safety boots. So it really was, they were testing us right, to make sure we meant it, and we were managing them to make sure we mean it. Hmm. So we worked together equally as a team. We're fully unionized. Right. So... I asked every member, every convener, every union member, tell me what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I asked all of them, how many of you ever go across and do anything about it? Right. Not one. Not one. So in all fairness, we're almost as bad as each other. <laughs> so we said, let's just work together on this. We then asked them later on to set the standards for non-compliance so we could all manage it together. So we could communicate and inform people. We have agencies, we have tents, so that we could actually say, look, you, you, you have to wear those, or if not, um, we won't produce. Mm -hmm. We'll stop work. Right. You're not going to mess it up for us. So they immediately followed it hmm. and they managed each other. So it became sure. self-managing teams. They then took over the reporting of incidents, hazards, minor injuries. They then set a target to measure 87% closed 
closure at source. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it. The workforce did it. Right. So everything became... I mean, I can say it now simple, mm-hmm. but it took seven years... I'm sure. <laughs> ...of running against a brick wall. Yep. We had to keep breaking down, going over it, round it and under it. Mm-hmm to show we, we really do mean it. But we could never have done it without the full support of the senior team. Of course. And it was tough for them. I'm sure. So, so you talk about the, the self-managed teams, which I, is, is a great concept. I'm assuming that during that 10-year period, there, have been, there, were, there were some leadership changes that took place. How did the approach work through these leadership changes? Sometimes new leaders come in with new perspective, new ideas. How, how do you manage through that? We had a new CEO come over, mm-hmm. but during that 10 years, um, there was a guy called Bob Cameron. He was uh, vice president of manufacturing distribution. He was there the whole time. In fact, okay. we both left in 2000, 10 years after we started. Mm. We both left together. Okay. See, I left Coke in 2000. And one of the reasons we left was mm-hmm. we were making much better profits and everybody was going home alive and with their biz. Right. And, and I was getting invites from major companies in the UK. Mm-hmm. I went over to America in 97 mm-hmm. um, to lay out the pathway that we'd taken because they were really interested in how we do it. Sure. Uh, and what I got at the time was, well, our culture's different. It's not. Mm-hmm. It is not different. We all go to work to earn money to support our families and our hobbies. Right. We all do it worldwide. Mm-hmm. We can make excuses that makes it different, or we can make assumptions that our people are different. No, they're not. Right. Once we raise the understanding of why we're doing it mm-hmm. and the simplicity of it, it's so much easier. Right. But it is important, and I'm glad you've mentioned that now because within this week, mm-hmm. that we're only Tuesday, I found out now that there's new people there. Hmm. And it is incredibly, it's different right. to what it used to be. It is very, very easy to spoil it. Yeah. Because people have their own ideas. Exactly. And, and they've seen something that worked elsewhere and they, they think it's going to work. And sometimes it doesn't make it better. But you talked yeah. about the 10-year journey, the first 10 years. Yes. What about the next 10 years? So what happened? So you left in 2000. What yep. happened in the next 10 years? Because it's still endured. This episode of the Safety Guru Podcast is brought to you by Propolo Consulting, the leading safety and safety culture advisory firm. Whether you are looking to assess your safety culture, d- develop strategies to level up your safety performance, introduce human performance capabilities, re-energize your BBS program, enhance supervisory safety capabilities, or introduce unique safety leadership training and talent solutions, Propolo has you covered. Visit us at propolo.com.
I went back. Yes, I went back um, uh, about twenty days a year for quite a number of years. Sure. Um, it just improved, and then we got uh, major companies in the UK going to see our companies over here. How are you doing it? Mm. And we used to issue them with little booklets that said, right, as we take you around our sites, we want you to look for things that are wrong, please. <laughs> Write them down and give them to the director of the site. Right. But we want you to manage it straight away if uh, it's dangerous. Right. Even a visitor, somebody who doesn't know the plant. This is near yeah, doesn't know the site at all. Love it. So that's what they did. And mm -hmm. that has been kept up now for decades. Wow. And it's done by the workforce. Hmm. We have contractors coming in yep. and we would, we would manage um, filler operators and line operators to manage the permitries hmm. because it's happening in their area. So if they hadn't got their correct PPE on, right. they would give it to them. The supervisor would put it into the system and Coca-Cola would charge the company for the personal protective equipment that they didn't bring with them. Hmm. But that was all done before they arrived. They knew that would happen. Sure. That's part of the agreement. So they managed them. And if they wanted to do anything or go anywhere, that was the agent uh, for that contractor mm -hmm. for that amount of time that they were there. So everything went through the operator. I love the fact that this endured well over 10 years after you'd left. I mean, yeah. you were still coming in and out, but the, the ability for this to be sustained on an ongoing basis is the hardest part. Yes. How do you get better? And you start challenging our, our mm -hmm. road footage. Right. You, start, you start making sure that they don't use their mobile phones. They put them into boxes underneath mm -hmm. the car seats, and that's the only way you can start your engine. Hmm. So the phone's locked away. Sure. You make uh, uh, appointed times that you're going to stop, take the phone out, and make the calls. Mm -hmm. Does anything come up? Do I need to go anywhere? So these are all designed by the workforce. Sure. Simplicity. Yeah. And efficiency. And I don't know the answers, mm -hmm. but I know where to go to find them. Right. And that's and the key message. Once we got those answers, yep. we, we cascaded it to the workforce for their agreement. Yeah. So when we rolled it out, no pushback. Mm -hmm. I, no surprise there. I mean, I've had guests share, uh, Dr. Josh Williams came and shared a little bit about how uh, an observation program designed by the workforce had seven times more participation than one that was uh, designed by a consultant coming in to say this is the best way to do it. Um, and, and some additional examples where uh, workers were involved and consulted in how to run a tailboard, significant more involvement and participation because it's theirs. Um, so time and time again, the numbers, the stats show that self-employed participation in safety is so critical, but often missed. What you're talking about is really total worker involvement and participation in safety, which is phenomenal. It's, I, 
I was asked by a world-leading company once, is out in the Far East, um, he didn't believe the safety stats on some of the platforms and the rigs. Sure. So he asked me if I'd go out. I had mm -hmm. to get made in the dunking of the helicopter and all that to get my ticket to go out. Um, and I went straight to the rig and started to ask the workforce. Mm -hmm. And that CEO in that country was absolutely right. Hmm. His instinct was something's not right. Sure. The facts, they genuinely were not right. But <laughs> why I've just mentioned that is not because of that. We can manage, we can manage safety as long yep. as we raise that awareness and understanding of why we're doing it. And we want you to return tomorrow with your bits. Yep. We want you to retire with those bits and enjoy your pension. Yes. And more importantly, you will be securing the future of the new people joining you. Yep. Because that's where the experience is. Yep. But the one thing I learned on that rig, the guy came up to me and he said, um, this isn't safety, but do you mind listening to me? I said, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, he said, I, I check the valves. I'm the supervisor and I have a team of four. And mm -hmm. I check all the valves and the ones rusting up, um, I have to, with a wire brush, uh, brush off the rust of the valves. Now there's thousands of these valves on a rig. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant process. It's like sure. painting the bridge, it never stops. Yeah. Um, and then painted a different color so that the painters could come round and paint it. Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, okay. He said, well, why can't I paint it? And I said, it's a very good question. <laughs> why can't you paint it? He said, well, yep. the, the painters are contractors. They won't let us touch the paint. <laughs> so immediately I thought, right, can we get a training program so we can train some of these people up? Mm -hmm. Now, I know this means the contractors, the painters aren't going to be too happy about it. Mm -hmm. But we have a far more efficient way of doing it because the longest sure. I found was three years before it was painted. Wow. So it's inefficient. Oh, of course. So they did it and they saved £2 million that year. Hmm. And reduced that, risk in all likelihood. That came from, I know it's nothing at all to do with safety. Right. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. It gives us chance. It gives us money to improve things. Yep. So we move on. We don't want all of it. We want what's right. Yes. And we need to tattle that workforce and get them to understand we're going to listen to you. Yes. We can't do everything all at one go. Yep. It will take time, but we'd like you to prioritize. And we have, and we found lots of skilled people that we didn't know about. If they were in a previous life, they were a painter, let's just say. Uh, and we started to look at this and we we said, would you like to do it? I mm -hmm. put uh, yellow lines around that palletizer so no forklift truck goes in it without your permission. And it just jumped for it. Right. So, simple stuff. Mm -hmm. The big stuff, we put in a, an RFA to the States. 
to get a mezzanine floor across the whole production floor mm -hmm. with five production lines on it. I can't tell you the speed that they travel at. And they had drop-down points for the workers. That eliminated Fort Lip Truck impacts. Mm -hmm. But that cost £170,000. Right. But it eliminated all impacts. Mm. Because that 170000 was just one incident that happened. Sure. And that's what it cost the company without the loss of production. Right. In the investigation. So those simple things we managed to get done. Mm -hmm. But it, they designed it. The people on that site designed their mezzanine floor. Sure. And if we had a breakdown in machinery, the site director used to stand on that mezzanine floor with his arms behind his back, telling everybody to get it fixed quick. Yeah. Because the workforce told me. So I had to phone him up and say, please don't do that. <laughs> they will do it as quick as they possibly can, but I understand why you're doing it. Yeah. So we worked together. We spoke to each other. Mm -hmm. And that is the most powerful thing I have found around the world. No matter mm -hmm. what country, what conditions, different priorities, but the same issues. Sure. How wonderful is that? It's just managing people. Yep. Listening to them. So where to from here? So you've you've driven significant improvements, um, sustained for the following ten years. What's the next level? I'm. There's a campaign that's uh, now probably eight months into it. We're going one percent more. We've got the the figures. Um, from the UN mm -hmm. and from OSHA and HSC and all around the world yep. that, that have been recorded in fatalities in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And statisticians have worked out what I'm going to share with you now. It's quite okay. perfect. If all of us worldwide did one thing personally in the next 12 months mm -hmm. to improve safety in the areas that we work in, 27,000 people would go home alive. Wow. I really, that I find that quite profound. Because mm -hmm. that's probably a million odd people attached to all that. Yeah. That are not going to be affected. Right. We have to go to the workforce now. Mm-hmm. And... What I'm going and working with at the moment is the, the leadership team and the CEOs and the MDs and everybody across the board to let the workforce come up with a remit mm -hmm. for improving safety for the next two years. Right. For, the work, for a member of the workforce to present it to the board mm -hmm. for their agreement. Yep. That will show which systems it will fit into. And don't worry if reporting goes up. Mm -hmm. All we're doing then is getting honesty. Right. Absolutely. And how are you going to support them in achieving it? Mm -hmm. So we get dual agreement. 
and then that is communicated to everybody in their wage slips. So that they know exactly how well we're doing. Right. Or, if you like, online. Mm -hmm. So that they get it personally. Sure. Within that, we'll be praised for success. Mm -hmm. No blame for failure. Right. Because if we have to blame somebody for the health and safety issue, we have all failed. Agreed. So, Ken, thank you very much for sharing your story. I think incredibly powerful in terms of the worker participation, in terms of self-managed teams, incredibly important topics. I love the that the, the changes were sustained for a significant period of time because sometimes I've seen it work for short periods of time with a leadership team that buys in for a period of time until the next one comes in. I think it's an, a very powerful story. Uh, if you'd like more details, you can go to Ken's website, kenwoodward.co.uk. Ken, W-O-O-D-W-A-R-D.co.uk. Thank you very much for asking me. It's been the first time for me and a real pleasure. Thank you, Ken. Have a wonderful day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Elevate your safety. Like every successful athlete, top leaders continuously invest in their safety leadership with an expert coach to boost safety performance. Begin your journey at execsafetycoach.com. Come back in two weeks for the next episode with your host, Eric Makrowski. This podcast is powered by Propolo Consulting.